0: Good morning, everybody. This is CEO Chat. My name is Al Cini. And you know what, Joe? Every now and then we hit a home run in the guest department. Oh, good. Great. And, and today is one of those days. Mm-hmm. We are interviewing today Roger DeRose, who is the uh, CEO uh, of the Kessler Foundation. Yeah. And it's a great opportunity to talk about a wonderful mission. So why don't we start with the basics. What is the Kessler Foundation? And what kind of a difference do you make in the world, Roger?
1: Well, thank you, and it's great to be with your, your viewing audience. Uh, I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. you. Uh, Kessler Foundation is all about rebuilding lives mm-hmm. of people with disabilities, mm-hmm. and we do that in a two-part mission. We have a, a very significant component in research, mm-hmm where we focus on spinal cord injury, brain injury, stroke, multiple sclerosis, some other neuromuscular conditions. where We're really trying to improve the function of the issues that people have with those injuries or those illnesses Mm -hmm. so that we can help them reintegrate back into their family, to the community, Mm -hmm. to the workplace. And then the other part of our mission is the employment side in terms of helping people with disabilities because there is such a huge need for people with disabilities uh, to re-engage with the workforce after a disability. Many times they get uh, caught up in the social security disability insurance programs and they can only earn so much money. And we're working to try to encourage them to go back and bring the abilities that they have to the workplace and help those organizations succeed along, working right alongside uh, people that are non-disabled, people with regular abilities, right? So that's what we really focus on at the, at the foundation.
0: And, you know, that's exactly what the world needs because we live in a world where there's increasing demand for talent. Yes. And some of the most talented people in the world, in fact, are people that you help through the Kessler Foundation. So it's a terrific connection that you make. Uh, before we get into those two missions, though. Sure. Uh, There's also the Kessler Institute. and I just want to clarify for people watching the program what the difference is and how you work together.
1: Well, the Kessler Institute is uh, a renowned organization worldwide. Mm -hmm. They see patients from around the world, and they they are focused as a major medical rehabilitation hospital, Mm -hmm. and uh, probably the largest in the country. Uh, Really? Okay. Yeah. Exactly. They're located in West Orange, and they have several other hospital locations throughout New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And then they also have 95 outpatient centers throughout New Jersey as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, individuals that will have a traumatic brain injury, a traumatic spinal cord injury, stroke, hip replacements, knee replacements, will oftentimes go to Kessler Institute for their care. Now, our association with them has been one of a great partnership at one time we owned the assets of the hospital Uh and we did a hospital conversion back in 2003 Uh and so that uh, relationship has continued to be very very strong even though we're separate organizations so we have a, a great relationship with kessler institute and i always tell people this that no matter who you are what age you are you you should really have uh, two great healthcare organizations one you should have an affiliation with a great hospital hmm. and secondly you should have a great affiliation with a rehabilitation center because if we live long enough hmm. we're going to need the services of a rehabilitation we, center sooner or later right sooner, sooner or later, later. No right and you know that actually gets us into
0: the, the research work i think and the advocacy work that you yeah. do at the kessler foundation because it's so critical and so important. You work with people who've had spinal cord injuries, and there's some high-profile patients. We'll mention Christopher Reeve, because I guess he was treated at the Kessler Institute for a very long time. But it's not just for movie stars. This is, you treat people who live normal lives, ordinary lives. And it's, uh, and it's people recovering from injuries and accidents and also stroke recovery?
1: Yes. Maybe just outline
0: some of the, the ways you help some people.
1: Sure, and, and uh, some of those, uh, uh, you know, you, you mentioned a few examples there. Many of those individuals that end, come to Kessler Institute for mm-hmm. Treatment and Care mm-hmm. become research subjects in our studies mm-hmm. in spinal cord, brain injury, stroke, multiple sclerosis, and so on. And so the, the, the t- type of work that we are doing is we're looking at the next generation of care, the next standard of care yeah. that will help individuals that are being currently treated so that Kessler Institute and then we share that information with the worldwide rehabilitation organizations so that they can benefit on the knowledge that we're gaining in new techniques in brain injury, in spinal care, in MS, in stroke uh, related care as well so that's what we're really focused on
0: we're in a technological age yes how much does technology help this kind of thing great question
1: yeah you know technology is really a driving force now if i look at some of the critical projects that we have taken on as what i call moonshot projects Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. technology has been a part of it in every way whether it's been the creation of going into Uh, our dedicated neuroimaging center with the latest scanners to really measure the differences that take place between a pre and a post-injury after our treatment and being able to measure the differences in, in brain activity or in the spinal cord activity, whether it's in robotics, uh, which we uh, took a a major lead in in back in 2011, or whether it's in the creation of the new Center for Spinal Stimulation, where we're actually reconnecting brain intention with the healthy neurons that are still living below and active, below the level of injury in a spinal cord patient. Mm. All of that is driven through technology, Joe so it plays a very very important role well and
0: that you know it was a great question i want to follow up on because there are people out there who when they understand how you could be potentially benefiting them 10 or 15 or two or three years from now um great organization to contribute to great organization to become involved in i i want to make sure we make connections between your organization really and all those people out there who might be funding sources for a lot of the work you do. You, you mentioned before the program, too, that you use small contributions to jumpstart what could be large grants.
1: Maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Thanks, everyone. Uh, that, that's uh, a, a great, great uh, uh, comment that you mentioned because for your viewing audience, uh, when a donor makes a donation to us, um, 100% of that donation goes directly to the project that they want to earmark mm-hmm. it to. And uh, the reason for that is that we we do have an endowment and that Mm -hmm. does help us cover any of our administrative expenses. Mm -hmm. But those donations that come in help us collect pilot data. Mm -hmm. And that pilot data is the data that we use when we then submit larger grants to the Department of Defense Mm -hmm. or the NIH Mm -hmm. or other federal agencies or even the New Jersey Commissions on Spinal Cord Injury or the New Jersey Commission on Brain Injury. And it's that pilot data that we have that allows us to really uh, uh, go after and be successful in winning those larger grants which we bring then back to New Jersey if they're federal grants Mm -hmm. and create jobs and employment opportunities for other people. So it's important important.
0: to understand Mm -hmm. that no donation is too small.
1: Exactly right, whether it's a dollar or it's a million dollars, no donation is too small. That is for sure. Okay, now we've got a a couple of minutes to walk through some still images that that your organization
0: sent. So uh, if we can tee Mm -hmm. those up, maybe Roger, you can help us uh, explain to us what we're looking
1: at. Yeah, uh, this (coughs) is an individual that is involved in our Center for Spinal Stimulation, the Tim and Caroline Reynolds Mm -hmm. Center for Spinal Stimulation. And this is what I was referring to earlier, Al, where when we stimulate through what we call transcutaneous stimulation, Mm -hmm. which are electrodes that are placed on specific areas of the spinal cord column, Mm -hmm. we are able to reconnect the brain intention, the signal that you're sending from your brain to the healthy neurons that are still living and active below the level of injury Mm -hmm. in the spinal cord. (laughs) And it's that reconnection that allows the signal so that when you say move your toe, move your hand, move your foot, move your knee, uh, that you're actually making that reconnection. Without it,
0: nothing. There's nothing there. So there's I'm going around there. an injury. That's right. Uh, directly to the muscles that I need to drive, or the nerves, or, or the, the nerves, the ner- that the nerves. I, in order in order for me to get where I want to go or do what I want to do. And yeah. you're making breakthroughs every day. And I, I know we have another picture. Maybe we can go straight to that one.
1: Yeah, this is a combination of using robotics or exoskeletons, as they're called in the industry, mm-hmm. you and Joe. And uh, this is an individual that uh, has a, uh, a, an injury that created p- paralysis of of the lower part of the body. So we can put this individual in a robot and walk with them in the robot. Uh, and also sending the transcutaneous signal, the, the, the healthy, the signals that we're sending that are reconnecting brain intention with the neurons that are below the level of injury. And what we're trying to do there is really um, help the individual in terms of making that reconnection so that if, if we can uh, uh, generate greater... Uh, plasticity in terms of memory Mm -hmm. uh, for what they used to have, Mm -hmm. that we may be able to create that in that individual so that they can actually uh, gain function in in terms of uh, bone density increasing, muscle increasing. Uh, uh addressing issues of urinary tract infections mm. bowel and bladder movement these are all the types of issues that individuals with a spinal cord injury have to live with mm-hmm. as functional issues day to day
0: that's you know it's something I hadn't really thought about but it's not just about getting the intention of my mind to the nerves and muscles that I want to drive right. it's also about getting the biofeedback from my legs and from my arms uh, that touch and all those sensations need to work together and you you Listen, we, we, we need to take a break. It's a great interview, and, they're, and they're, you do such wonderful work. gonna During the break, don't leave. We're going, to, we're going to play out a couple of videos that you sent, and then at the other side of the break, maybe you can talk us through what we saw. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So Thank we'll you. be great right pleasure. back with more Roger DeRose of the Kessler Foundation after, after these two very informative videos. Stick around.
1: It can be easy to detect. A loved one can't speak. Perhaps they can't move. But there's another sign of a stroke that many of us can't see. It's called spatial neglect, and it can occur during or after a stroke, causing distorted visual movements. Fortunately, there's a solution by using optical prism technology during rehabilitation. If you or a loved one have experienced a stroke, ask your doctor about spatial neglect. Spatial neglect. See the whole picture at KesslerFoundation.org.
0: Welcome back to a very important and uh, I'd say profound CEO mm-hmm. chat where it's unusual that we get Joe, I'm Alcini and Joe Esimendi, mm-hmm. it's unusual we get a chance to talk to a miracle worker. And you know, I, I know it's you and your team who do that, mm-hmm. but, but let's it's talk a team. little bit about those two videos we saw to talk about two of the things that you're working
1: on. First video that your viewers saw was uh, a, a video what is referred to as spatial neglect, mm-hmm. which is after a stroke. If it's a right brain stroke, in up to 50 percent of the cases, individuals can can lose uh, their their intent their uh, uh, attentiveness to the left side. Hmm. We call it spatial neglect. And this what this means is that an individual could be uh, eating off of a plate of food and eat the right hand side and miss the left-hand side completely. Even though it's right there. Even though it's right there. And you ask them, are you done? And they'd huh. say, yeah. Have you eaten everything on your plate? Interesting. And they would say, yes. Hmm. That is called spatial neglect. And we developed a technique uh, called prism therapy where uh, over a two-week period, 10 sessions, one hour a day, hmm. by using prism adaptive therapy, that we can redirect the, the, the attention to the left side. It's almost as though there's a a deficit in the GPS system of the brain. Uh And this redirects the individual's attentiveness to the left side so that you can imagine uh, if if an individual is cooking on a stove Hmm. and they're reaching to the left side and they have spatial neglect, that they could seriously hurt themselves. Or if they're driving, Mm. and they cross the, the center line, because they don't see the center line. These are the types of issues that spatial neglect cause. So that was the first commercial that you mm. saw. And we, we use this technique. It was developed uh, with uh, the, the, the funds from donors uh, and also r- research grants that allowed us then to take this and send it out to other world rehabilitation centers. Hmm. So this is being used in at least 20 different countries around the world. It's being used in in multiple hospitals around the United States. And so it's often a deficit that neurologists miss completely. That's a great
0: point. Uh, It may be a stroke victim might not even know they have this problem and the neurologist might not spot it.
1: And the caretaker may see it or the loved one may see it in how they take care of an individual because Uh, you run into things you bang into walls Uh, right but don't know how to make that connection unless they know about the
0: kessler foundation which is so critical you know we i did a tour I, i i can't tell you how much fun it was how informative it was also enjoyable highly committed staff of people very creative solutions Terrific facility in West Orange, Thank New you. Jersey, and uh, and we saw the goggles, the glasses, yes, the did. prism glasses right. that you use. Right. And the goal there, I guess, is to shorten the recovery time for a stroke victim.
1: Exactly, and um, for those individuals that <clears throat> have spatial neglect and go through the prism adaptive therapy, <clears throat> let's just take Kessler Institute as an example. Mm-hmm. Their chances of going home versus into a nursing home to address the 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 continuation of the issue that they have, mm-hmm. is far greater in terms wow. of going back to home wow. after a two week stay at Kessler Institute. So it, it's, it has real results that are meaningful to the individual and in improving their function, improving their independence so that they can move forward in life and after that, a
0: stroke. That's, and that brings us to the second video, which is a huge, I mean for me anyway, yeah. putting myself in the position of the patient that you're benefiting that first day that I can actually stand up and walk on my own after I've been... Talk, talk about the solution that you build, and then let's talk about the impact that has on the, on the patient.
1: Well, you know, in that second public service announcement that your viewers saw, Alan mm-hmm. and Joe, the tagline on it is, walk away from no. Right. There's no soundtrack on it other than a music soundtrack hmm. with the individual moving from a wheelchair mm-hmm. as a wheelchair right. user <coughs> and going into a robot an exoskeleton that we call it, and being able to walk again. Because the first thing that individuals hear after a spinal cord injury is typically, you know, you'll have to get used to a new lifestyle where you will not be able to walk again. Right. And until these exoskeletons were developed back in 2010, 11, uh, these individuals really didn't have a means to do that. Mm -hmm. And now they do. But these exoskeletons not only help an individual walk again, yeah. but they also are addressing many of those functional issues that they have to live with day in and day out, which are, you lose bone density, being yeah. in a wheelchair. Right. You lose muscle mass, yeah. being in a wheelchair. You have urinary and bowel issues. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. You have blood circulation issues. So this is a form of physical exercise right. for them. In the same way that you and I would get up and go to the gym, Sure. This is a workout for an workout, individual a for a spinal cord injury, and it, it starts to address many of those functional issues that they have to live with day in and day out.
0: So that walk away from no is literally walking away from all the things I can't, yes, right. and exploring a whole world of things that all of a sudden I can do. And you're, you're, the, you're the members of your, of your team, I and I want to talk about them because I've, I've yeah. met a bunch of them, they're great people on a day-to-day basis, they are experiencing the other side of the miracle daily with people who are brought back to life. I, I, I can't think of another way to put it. What, what's that feeling like when you see somebody light up all of a sudden after a treatment like you
1: that? Know, I, uh, you know, I know that uh, oftentimes I hear you and Mark talk about the North Star. Mm-hmm. Well, that's mm-hmm. the, that, that is our mission. And I think that's the takeaway that so many of the employees feel whether it's the management team seeing these results where you're rebuilding a life, Mm. right? Where you you actually see individuals going back to their family, being able to communicate effectively again, being able to, to go out into the community, go to a supermarket again, or to be able to go back to work which is a a major challenge for individuals with disabilities. And that's your second mission. Exactly right. Mm -hmm. Exactly right. Your second mission. And that's what, you know, when you go back to what Dr. Kessler's philosophy was, Hmm. he was an orthopedic surgeon, but his whole thought process as a pioneer in the field of medical rehabilitation, which he basically created, Hmm. was treat the whole individual. Don't just treat the injury. Treat the entire individual from an occupational, from a vocational point of view, so that they can go back and live a life and be an important part of their family as well.
0: And the contributions they can make, too. And the contributions, and the contributions they can make in a world where we need those contributions made, especially exactly. today. So, I mean, I, I can't. now. Listen, Roger, there's so many things we could talk about. Sure. I, here's a chance maybe to mention uh, your team, talk about the team sure. you work with and how you feel about working with them. Well,
1: we, we are so fortunate, Al mm. and Joe, to have the team that we have. I call them force multipliers hmm. because that's what, you know, they, they believe in the mission. They believe in that North Star, hmm. right? And that's one of the reasons they're there because they could be making a lot more money in the for-profit sector mm. You know with stock options and everything else but they forego that so that they can uh, live this mission that is so important to them some of them have been touched by uh, individuals that have had to go through medical rehabilitation the kind of work that we do Mm -hmm. and many of our employees have had that experience as well Mm -hmm. so i i I think when you think about uh, our management team whether it's our John DeLuca running our research team, yeah, we've interviewed him you know hour, yeah. Nancy Chevroletti running our neuroscience team, Elaine Katz running our employment grant-making team, mm-hmm. Michelle Pignatello uh, doing our fundraising efforts, our infrastructure team that is running finance and IT. Uh, whether it's any of those individuals, there's a commitment to the mission. And uh, they, they know that they're going to be treated fairly in our organization because w- the work that we do is so centric to treating individuals with disabilities mm. in a fair and uh, uh, equitable way as well. So, so we carry that through, through the entire mission of the organization it's in what the are field. Some
0: of the milestones that
1: you've reached.
0: In, in research. Stuff. What
1: are some of the milestones that happened? Well, I, I, I think one of the big ones to come recently is the work that we're doing in the Center for Spinal Stimulation, because mm-hmm. that's breakthrough work, Joe. Okay. There are only a handful of organizations across the country, around the world, that are doing this research that we're doing. Mm-hmm. This is, I call it Elon Musk like Hmm. because you know he's working with piglets where he's putting brain uh, uh, chips into the brain to uh, work on reconnecting uh, the spinal cord with the brain Mm -hmm. he's going in that direction (laughs) we're going through stimulation and so when you think about this type of work hopefully this is going to become a new standard of care Mm -hmm. in spinal stimulation we were in the dark ages 25, 35 years ago in terms of how we treated spinal cord injury, Mm. we're now starting to go into an entirely new generation. And this is where artificial intelligence, big data, uh, the ability to capture data very quickly is helping us in the movement that we have taking place in the Center for Spinal Stimulation. very important,
0: and all this means that every dollar that you give to the Kessler Foundation goes directly to the work that you do. Right. And even the small donations can lead to a pilot that can get you a larger grant if you show promising results in the pilot. And uh, so if you want to put your money to work, I can't think of a better way to put it to work than on this problem, and it may very well be a problem you'll be faced with yourself or someone you love will be faced with uh, someday. So that's so, now I know you're from the Midwest. Uh, yes. we, we haven't really gotten to talk much about Roger DeRose, and oh. uh, I know that you and Joe have, uh, you're, you're yeah, united, fair. you yeah. have a common enemy I guess, <laughs> in, in football teams, in football. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, but maybe talk a little bit about your background and, and, and what brought you here. Yeah.
1: Well, I, I grew up uh, in Racine, Wisconsin, uh, mm-hmm. 60 miles from where Joe grew up in Chicago. And a thousand and, miles away uh, for a football. Uh, <laughs> Uh (laughs) The rivalry that we have is the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers, which is always a great game, whether it's in Lambeau Field or Soldier Field, right? (laughs) But um, no, I I grew up in the small town in Midwest, right on Lake Michigan, and uh, educated in in Wisconsin through the University of Wisconsin system, Hmm. through Marquette University, and then uh, joined SC Johnson. Uh, the family private, private family held company, mm-hmm. which is headquartered in Racine, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and had the opportunity to do several international assignments with them. I was there with them for 20 years, and then eventually uh, uh, got recruited by Arthur Anderson mm-hmm. to move to Sarasota, Florida, mm-hmm. where we started a, uh, a technology organization that created all of the software that was used by the worldwide organization of Arthur Anderson Mm. for accounting and auditing. And we also created a, uh, a revenue generating business that externally was facing to the outside world of CPAs and banks and corporate America where we could sell software. So my history is 30 years in the for-profit sector, but after uh, 30 years, I really wanted to do something that had a social mission, and that's what really led me down this path of uh, an organization such as Kessler Foundation.
0: So terrific, and, and in your leadership role, and you know, I, I, I don't wanna, I'm bragging about you, in order to be effective in the role that you play, you need to be tuned to great ideas no matter where in the organization they come from because you never know who in the in the organization is going to come up with the next idea for a breakthrough. How do, you, how do you do that? How do you make sure that you're in touch with all the talent everywhere in the Castle in family?
1: Yeah, that, that is a great question, Al. And you know, I, I think a lot of that has to do with communication and listening actively mm-hmm. uh, to where opportunities are, whether that's from our employees, from our leadership, from the board. And we have a great board. We're so blessed to have the board that we have that believes in our mission and invests very significantly in our mission as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to the consumer, the individual, the end user of the services that we provide. So it's it's listening, uh, which it, you know I think is a big part. Mm. Uh, and and also being able to challenge some of the. Ideas that we've done in the past to say, well, maybe we've gone past that now, mm-hmm. and maybe we need to look at things differently. So, challenging the status quo occasionally really helps us take those ne- next leaps forward and take those moonshots that are so vital to trying to generate that next standard of care in some of these areas of spinal cord, brain injury, stroke multiple sclerosis and other neuromuscular mm, conditions. Very important.
0: And that may someday be of direct benefit to you or someone you love. So yes. we're at that part of the program where you get to tell everybody how to we, have to, we have to assume they know where they left their checkbook. Oh, okay. So assuming that you know where you left your checkbook, you wanna go find it. Yeah. And, and where should everybody go to find out how they can help
1: you? Well, the best way is to go <coughs> right to our website. And mm. uh, I don't know which camera I'm looking into, like but there if it's go. this one here, mm-hmm. you would go to Kessler Foundation org and the, our website has uh, very rich content and there's a donation button on every page and you can donate on our website and again every dollar that you contribute to the organization hundred percent of that dollar goes to the mission of the organization whether that's research or its employment initiatives for people with disabilities roger de rose
0: it's more than just getting people back
1: walking again it's getting them back to work and
0: uh, we've got to get you back speaking thank you, getting so you so we'll have to get thank you back you, to thank you, continue joe. this thank you, such a great you. journey the organization is on and uh, we'll also want to talk with members of your team about you. their particular role that they play so thank you great. so much for joining yeah. us today. thank roger. you
1: al thank you joe I really pleasure. appreciate it it's a
0: total pleasure and thank you all for joining us for this very impactful go find your checkbook KesslerFoundation.org, and uh, we'll see you again next Friday for another CEO chat. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Rob.